Hello and welcome to episode 110 of the Five Wide Podcast. I'm Billy Blanchard. I'm joined as always by most of my closest friends. To my left, you know he's here. There's almost no point in introducing him anymore. It's Big Sex himself, Tebow Chafin. Tebow, how was your Christmas? It was good. You know, I had to work through it, unfortunately, but I got the uh, nights off, had some fun. Thank you for your and, service. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, Billy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, solid overall. I have no complaints. It was a little too cold for my liking. Yeah, it was but, very uh, cold all around the country. I need the Florida cold. Give me that 40 degrees, 50 degrees. We're good, but that's uh, 20 degrees. It's warming up just in time. Nips nearly ripped through my shirt. All right. And then uh, a pleasure to introduce him <laughs> in a different chair tonight. It's JB, Johnny Barton. Johnny. How was your Christmas? It was uh, it was great. Spent it down in Naples, uh, where the Italy. High, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, nice uh, on the Riviera. It was too cold for him here. Um, the the high was forty eight degrees, privilege. which in Naples is pretty. Getting uh, unbelievable. You get knocked in the noggin by any iguanas falling out of trees? Uh, almost, I did. I found one that fell out of the tree. Not as invasive in uh, on the west coast as they are on the east coast. But uh, did you save still it omnipresent and put it back in the tree, or did you? I put him uh, in Rachel's uh, in the bed with Rachel before, like after she went to sleep before I went to bed, and just waited. I feel like for that could have been up. a. Uh, you guys are kinky, man. It that was. Hey, a, <laughs> let me tell you, it was. It was great. Could have been a good present for the little one. Well, you know, I, I, she probably would have bitten its head off or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. Really uncomfortable. Well, it's not Mark's child, so I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> All right, and uh, finally, it's the gambling expert himself, Connor Corrigan. Connor, how was your Christmas? Pretty good. A lot of family time. You know, it's one of those holidays. It was fun. Had a it good is. time. Um, Had to uh, sleep on a on an air mattress, but other than that, well, fun. you don't live in town, so naturally you yeah. sleep on an air mattress. Before yeah. we, why go home? Yeah, before we <laughs> jump into uh, into the football talk, I think it's only fair that. We go around the room and what was your favorite gift that you received this year or, or the favorite gift you gave either way? Um, I'll start. Um, I, what did I get? That was really awesome. Oh, I got some new cleats, got some new nice. cleats, got to get out there and play. Um, you know, it's, 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 we got flag football worlds in a couple weeks, you know? And by we, he means him. Yeah. Just me. Just yeah, me. Didn't so get invited. Like, didn't yeah, get invited. From, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're like, we're like the 13th, we're like the 13th best team in, huh? in Jacksonville. So we got a shot. Um, Just let everybody in. Huh? Yeah. Um, Tebow. I uh, got a couple of new shirts, college team shirts, of course. Uh, I'm not going to give away any, so uh, you'll have to keep an eye out for when the pod, when I uh, wear them to the pod. I'm actually wearing my West Virginia shirt right now. Are you? Yeah. Nice. I was hoping you weren't wearing a shirt, but no. all right. All right. Uh, Johnny? I got a, uh, I got a dead a, iguana that fell out of a tree. <laughs> yeah, I got that. I got a, a router, a nice router that uh, we returned because oh Rachel didn't get the right one. So I'm <laughs> getting another one there. <laughs> Tell you what, um, leave a woman to pick out technology. Best gift, yeah, a router happened. that was wrong. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> you would have thought he would have said maybe a gift that he got for his child. It but, was, you know, uh, just really ooh, we got, uh, He has a kid. Got, got her a, old, uh, a cozy coop. What does that mean? It's like one of those little red cars. With the yellow, oh, the yellow those are fun. Yeah, pretty badass. She... Uh, She'd been gone since noon. I don't. We haven't seen her. But. <laughs> she she'd been hitting the bottle and took off. Huh? Yeah. Well, she she hits pretty hard. Uh, Connor, uh, I got two. For most excited, I opened socks. I'm at that point in my life where I, I got like socks. That. Well, and actually, every time I see you, your socks have a hole in them. So yeah. No, no longer. No longer. Shout out to a gift that Rachel did give me that was correct. I guess it was a sock with with Charlie's face on it. That's pretty cool. Like it was a it was a sock. Just one? Bunch, Didn't so even get you a pair? No, like had a bunch <laughs> it had a bunch of her face printed on the sock. It was kind of funny as hell. My mom got some with Hootie's face on my socks. <laughs> not not quite the which, same. Which one's cuter? Oh, Hootie, easy. Yeah, like, that underbite? Hey, that does underbite? Shard, hey, does Baby Shard have an underbite? No, no, she's so. working on it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't make a list or anything, but I also got a Roomba. And I was nice. like, oh, you know, that's that's interesting. Started using it uh, yesterday and today. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, Roomba's yeah, are uh, great. That's great. So now the Chinese government knows your layout. Sounds great. <laughs> no, they can have a layout of a studio apartment if they want. I don't think that's ever been a problem for Connor. <laughs> does it ever get lost in there? <laughs> it's gotten stuck three times. <laughs> uh, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about some of the news uh, from the week since we've been gone. And uh, it revolves around quarterbacks tonight. We've talked about this is a huge offseason for quarterback movement, especially with the new uh, NIL deals. A lot of guys sticking around for an extra year and uh, and deciding to play at other places. So I think there's no better place to start than at the University of Florida. Okay, this guy, oh. Graham Mertz from Wisconsin comes down to take the helm for Billy Napier. I will say, I'll give my thoughts first. I think it's the type of quarterback that Napier wants, somebody who is going to be a little bit of a game manager. They're going to try to run the ball. Um you, you got the feeling that sometimes Mertz was trying to do too much and wasn't a great fit for Wisconsin. It's going to be a little bit more opened up, so he's going to get chances to throw to better receivers, hopefully, um, and and you know in an offense that's a little bit more progressive, but ultimately they're still going to run the ball a lot. You probably won't see as many throws. Don't tell Lane uh, it's progressive. What were your thoughts on Mertz? Uh, Johnny, Kibo, whoever wants to Kibo go first? Uh, 
I, I like bringing in an older guy to give the young guns that are coming in some time to sit. Maybe if, you know, Mertz is serviceable, you can keep the guys on the bench for a year, give them that red shirt, but keep having them play. What is it, like four games I think you can play in and still keep your red shirt? So yeah. that'll be good for the young guys. Uh, other than that, I really have no – I'm not leaning either, one way or the other. He was a high recruit coming out, so that's cool. But he, like you kind of said, he kind of shit the bed in Wisconsin. So I, I, I don't have real high hopes. I mean, if it was week week four, 2018, I'd be stoked that Graham Merch was coming in. But, um, no, I, I, I think, and I told this to Lane, uh, kind of in jest, which is pretty sad, that he would be a great uh, practice quarterback for the, uh, for the scout team. I think he'd be good to help new guys come in. Uh, but I do think if he is the one taking all the snaps next year at quarterback for the Gators, they have issues. I love the move because he's not good, and uh, that that means Florida's going to be bad again. So higher body with your Heisman Trophy finalist uh, potentially. Yeah, I mean he's number two in odds I think right now for next year, so pretty good I would say. Um, Hi, yes, obviously. Um, I think it's the wrong move for Napier in terms of his coaching. Um, if they don't win more than six games next year. Not sure how long of a leash he's going to have, so bringing in a guy that is very proven to be bad is an interesting move. Yeah, but, I mean, don't you think that if that's the real concern, I mean, I think that taking a chance on a true freshman in the SEC might be a little bit tougher. Yeah, no, it's a problem, but, like... If you want to guarantee yourself, like, a chance at bowl eligibility, seven wins, eight wins, I think, I mean, I think the floor is higher with Mertz. Can we agree that? I think there was this guy named Sam Hartman who was still out there, and I don't know what Notre Dame gave him, but Florida apparently has... Not official, not official. uh, Florida apparently has all this money in this collective thing. You would think they would put it together to go get him. Well, it's just people like Lane aren't giving their $10 like they're supposed to. Do you think the problem is the that they don't have the skill positions to really attract a high-profile quarterback right now? I mean, like, well, yeah, if you look at, you look at the, the receivers that they've been trying to throw to, it's like, if you have your choice of a lot of schools, yeah, Florida's going to be appealing, but you're trying to put up stats to, to get to the but, next level. But and, you also have a chance, I think, in Napier's offense when it's running well. I mean, there were long balls down the field all the time. And, I mean, Richardson, there was no lack of open guys yeah, running around. Get it and you can lean on the running game. I think it's really concerning for me more than anything is that Grant, uh, Graham Mertz in his career it has a net negative rushing, which doesn't really make sense for the style of offense that they run. Well, I maybe, guess in Wisconsin, hey, maybe you get a little, too, maybe a little two quarterback system. Oh God! I mean, well, just because just because these freshmen that they brought in are dual threats, yeah, right. Yeah. So like maybe you see somebody that they're bringing him in to complete some of those intermediate passes that they weren't able to hit this year, but they still want the the dynamism uh, that you could have from a dual threat. So maybe you see a little bit of a, um, a two-headed monster. I, back I there. will feel more confident with Graham, Graham Mertz going in to start at Utah week one than I would a true freshman who's 18 years old. What about Jack Jesse? Miller? Look good. Hey, yeah. if Anthony Richardson, the portal yet? If Anthony Richardson could read that RPO like Jack Miller could, he'd have been a Heisman. Okay, yeah. Johnny. Uh, <laughs> all right, next one I want to talk about uh, DJ Uyangalele over to Oregon State, the Beavs. Um, I mean, he can keep all his orange gear. It's a little bit of a different didn't shade. His, didn't his brother commit to Oregon, too? So yes. you're going to have a little brotherly uh, rivalry. Yeah, I, I think it was a, an interesting spot, but a good spot for DJ in terms of um, a guy who is uh, rapidly rising up the ranks in terms of offensive kind of head coaches, guys who can. I mean, they've had no names at quarterbacks the last couple of years, and their oh, yeah. teams have gotten better and better. Jake Luton, hold they're, on. They're a team that runs the ball a lot oh, boy. Um, in Oregon State, but I think that DJ is going to have weapons on the outside. It's an easier conference to spread out and throw the ball in than the ACC is right now, uh-huh. and a different type of system where a coach is going to let him maybe take those shots that he hasn't been able to do at Clemson after the early mistakes. Um, you know, Dabo obviously running a, a very conservative system this year. What were your thoughts on DJ there? Do you think that he has any chance to kind of boost his stock back to the point where he could be maybe, I mean, a mid-round draft pick at worst um, next year after a couple good years at Oregon State? I, I, I It can't get any worse. I think it'll be good to get that pressure, you know, off of him coming coming from Clemson, being the guy that had to replace Trevor Lawrence. So I think that's good for him. There's no real expectations at Oregon State, except for Oregon State fans, and they're probably going to be happy with nine wins, ten wins. So I think he can get him there. I, I think it's a good move for him personally. Maybe if he can develop, I just I think his his problem was the easy stuff as well. I mean, it was just seemed like if you can't succeed in that Clemson offense, where can you really succeed? Because you're not playing good defenses week in and week out in the ACC. Come on. What? It's the best conference. Everyone I mean, knows. We just saw a freshman almost win the Heisman and Drake May so passing for 12,000 yards in one and year. And he has an elite defense on the other side. Um, so I, I, maybe he can do better, but I, he might not even start. I don't know. 
Uh, I hated it at first because he comes from Clemson, um, and he's one of my beefs, obviously. Um, but then I thought about it. The quarterback this year was very bad there, and they still won, I think, they got to 10 with the bowl. Yeah, 10 yeah. games. Um, obviously, he's a major improvement to that, so I think it definitely helps um, the Oregon State offense. And uh, they were a sneaky team last year. I think they're a legitimate team to contend. contend. Cont- I would say contend for the Pac-12 next year with them. Yeah, and I, I, well, I think, I mean, you look at DJ as, as kind yeah. of bad, quote-unquote, as he was this year. I mean, 62% completion percentage was a, a major upgrade from 2021. 22 touchdowns, 7 interceptions through the air. He does take a lot of sacks, but you would think that uh, in that offense where they're going to be um, running the ball a little bit more, maybe not as much traditional pocket passing as he did at Clemson, he might be able to improve on those numbers. And he ran the ball more than he has in the past. Uh, seven rushing touchdowns and over 500 yards. You're going to get a lot of that. It's a, it's a you know They're going to use his dual threat abilities. And I do think it's a place where he's going to try to put up some numbers. Right, he hasn't been able to yeah, yeah. to put up those thirty touchdown seasons, which are very easy for a quarterback in today's college football. Going to the Pac-12, where you see all these teams that don't play a lot of defense now, I, I think this is a good landing spot for him and, nice. a, and a chance for him to kind of stay under the radar at the beginning of the year. And then if he has a big season, I could very easily see it being a Bo Nix situation where he finds himself yeah, in the Heisman mix towards the end of the year. I don't know how many more quarterbacks in the Pac-12 are going to talk about, but do you see with the transfers going over there that like the Pac-12 could jump to? probably the third best conference with the people that are coming in like Arizona State's rebuilding quickly with the transfers Oregon's obviously doing their thing USC's there UCLA losing UC USC and UCLA they're still there next year like it's still a work in progress like we talked about earlier this year what does the transfer portal do for teams? How can it obviously it worked out well for Florida State this year? And Florida Ole, State Ole Miss again did okay with it. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the transfer versus recruiting can go because obviously, you know, Georgia's not getting any transfers because no, I mean, nobody's leaving Georgia or nobody's coming into Georgia because they're not going to start. Alabama, kind of the same way. It, it'll be interesting to see how these elite teams who aren't playing the transfer portal very well because they recruit so well versus the teams that are playing the transfer portal really well and recruit pretty well, but not. Yeah, well, and I think it's important for the Pac-12 too. Like they, they want eyeballs, right? And yeah. the quickest way to get that is to get quarterbacks. You look at now they have Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, DJ, um, UCLA just got the you know Dante Moore coming over the five star. Does Bo have another um, year? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So like bad, the yeah, but he'll leave. He'll leave. Like oh, the, for the NFL. Yeah. yeah the um, I, I just think that they're looking for eyeballs right now, and they do have a good chance to be the third best conference. But more importantly, to try to build something that will hopefully keep them at that high level even after they lose USC and UCLA and who knows what other dominoes are going to fall a um, couple other ones I want to touch on Keaton Slovis to BYU uh, quickly I think it's a you know it's a, it, it is what it is he didn't have the year he was hoping for at Pitt but going to a place where the schedule is going to be easier um, at least in half the games right they still play a lot of Pac-12 opposition he's going to have chances to hmm. throw the ball Oh, yeah, they're yeah, Big they're 12 conference. Yeah, Big 12. So, I mean, I think I think interesting for him, um, a place where maybe he can stay healthy. I think that's been the biggest problem for him after those that early success at USC. And then finally, um, Sam Hartman, rumored to Notre Dame. We talked about it a little bit. Nothing official yet, but, but all signs are pointing there. It's a good get. Um, yeah, as a Notre Dame fan, I think it's, it's exciting. It probably raises the ceiling of that team. And, you know, a lot of people saying, okay, well, why is Hartman going there? The receiver's... Much like Florida, they haven't had the receivers that have stepped up. But I think for them, it's been a little bit more of quarterbacks that haven't been able to get them the ball. I mean, Ian Book was great, but he's not... It doesn't he have a great was, arm. He was good to run for 20 yeah. yards all of a sudden. And, yeah, I think yeah. it's just it's just having a guy back there who's a veteran. He's Consistent. played a lot of games. He's smart. He can make all the intermediate throws to keep the chains moving, which they struggled with a little bit this year. And he's got enough of deep ball accuracy, even though he doesn't have the strongest arm, where they can hopefully hit some of those plays over the top. They haven't been able to hit in a while. I mean, I, I think it's exciting. And, and that week one game against Ohio State next year, like again, much like you talked about with Florida, having a quarterback that can go on the road, and I don't think he's going to be overwhelmed gives them a lot better chance to get off to a good start. Ohio State, a lot of moving pieces. They're going to have a new quarterback, new running back. Their offensive line is already a little bit in shambles. Struggling a little bit losing recruiting some people. Trail. Yeah, they're not, they're not recruiting and hitting the transfer portal maybe as high as, as people would have thought. People so. calling for Ryan Day already. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, but definitely, I like it. Your thoughts quickly on either of those moves before we jump into the rest of uh, the, the slate for today? Uh, I'm interested to see Sam Harmon. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily... Because their offense was so bad this year. I just... I just don't trust it. And transfer quarterbacks, other than Jalen Hurts, none of them have really been all that great. I mean, maybe Bo Nix can can break the chain as well. But Transfer quarterbacks? Yeah. A transfer from Louisville playing in Tallahassee? Hello? Lamar Jackson? Heisman frontrunner? Lamar? Puma pass? The disrespect. Oh, uh, you didn't know. Oh, um, so Florida State's quarterback this year is... Jordan Weatherford? Yeah, Jordan Travis is a transfer from Louisville. Like two, three years ago? Yeah. Oh. So non-NIL transfer. 
No. Do we think that, so gonna, that Notre Dame is going to run the long mesh now? No, they, but they I do, do think that. I, I think you look at like Tommy Reese. He was not a dual threat guy. And Notre Dame hasn't always been a dual threat. I mean, at the end of Brian Kelly and at the beginning of the Marcus Freeman era, they've been having these dual threats over and over. But it's and not really a natural dual no, threat. No, they, yeah. they don't want they don't they don't want, the want that. And yeah. Hartman can run enough right. where he's still able to get out of the pocket. But I think they're going to go to a lot more of a traditional set and really lean on that running game. Um, a lot more eye formation stuff. But Hartman can can make those throws to keep the chains moving. Drew Pine's the one that went to Arizona State, right? Yes, Drew okay. Pine going over to yeah. Arizona State. Um, I will say, too, another one that just broke uh, right before we started. Um, Jeff Brom's got his quarterback for next year. Went ahead and got Jack Plummer, who was at Purdue Jake's with Plummer? Brom. Jake's son, right? He was at Cal this year. And now he's going over to Louisville. Um, so interesting one there. I think a guy that's familiar with the system. Be interesting to see if, I mean, that's an offense that requires a lot out of the quarterback. Going to throw the ball a lot. Um, so I, I think good for him to get a transfer in there rather than going with a new guy um, at Louisville. Uh, last thing I want to touch on, just because I thought it was interesting. Um, Tex Tech extending Joey McGuire, six-year deal before the bowl game they Seems played tonight. I mean, he had a good first season. Yeah. They went six and six, you know, yeah. middle of the Big 12. But with all the changes that are coming to that conference in the next couple of years, they're a team that needs to kind of make that slow, steady progress. And I think committing to a head coach, um, a guy who got some big wins this year, I think was a was a good move. We'll see how they do in the bowl game tonight, though. Um, let's, uh, let's touch on some of those bowl takeaways from last week. Not a lot of interesting games. Bowl season, again, we talked about it week one. Snooze fest. It's been a little bit disappointing. Uh, I, I saw a stat today. I want to say like 75% of the games have been... 10 points like uh, final scores or more not a lot of close back and forth action we haven't seen much of it today either duke winning easily and then arkansas is up big right now um, so hopefully it, it ramps up this week with a lot more high profile games that we're going to talk about but um I, I do think that there's a few i wanted to touch on uh the first one air force 30 baylor 15 um, that was a game that we talked about the fact that air force has been pretty steady in bowl games they win pretty easily over baylor in the armed forces bowl uh, Baylor six and seven this year, a big step back for Dave Aranda. They've obviously lost their defensive coordinator over to Auburn. I, I, I mean, this is a program that hopefully things work out well for Aranda in the next year or two, but I could see, I mean, if they don't turn it around with all that money they have in there, I, I, I don't think Aranda is going to have a super long leash, even though they lost the big 12 championship last year. Um, and then air force 10 win season. I don't know if you Troy Calhoun is going to go anywhere else. He's been there for 15 years or so at this point, but I mean, you look at where the other um, Armed Forces Academies are. I mean, Air Force has consistently been the best one. It'd be interesting to see if anybody's willing to to take a chance on them. It'd be just it'd be very fun to see that triple option attack come back to the Power Five at some point. I, I don't know who yeah. would. But no, no, it wouldn't. I don't, yeah. well, I, don't, I don't need to watch Georgia Tech ever again. I want 13 running backs on a roster again. I, I love it, man. I, I mean, they can execute. They can throw it a little bit. be interesting to see. Put Air Force in the Pac-12, and there you go. You're good. All right. Um, other ones I thought were interesting. Um, this one more for news than anything. ECU beat Coastal 53-29 in the regional Wagon. Uh, ba- what? battle uh, last night. McCall uh, played, he, which I did not expect. He played hurt. Yeah. Which uh, is interesting for the transfer portal. Yeah, that was very bold. Upper body, upper body injury. They didn't say it. Didn't look super, super serious. Uh, maybe precautionary. Once he took a little bit of a ding there, um, Connor. You still think he ends up at Liberty? I think that's the only logical place. Unless, I mean, obviously he's good enough to go somewhere else. But I think he's just he wants to be with uh, Chadwell. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting. Interesting to see. I mean, he's another guy that I thought, hey, if it worked out, I wouldn't mind having him at Notre Dame. But um, I'm much happier with Hartman at this point. And then finally, Wisconsin last night, 24-17 in the guaranteed rate bowl. Uh, I thought it was interesting to see Fickle on the sidelines. Yeah, not in charge. They let Jim Leonard be in charge, but you could tell that. He had a big influence there, um, and it was nice to see them get a win. Obviously, the offense still has all kinds of trouble, but bringing in Nick Evers, I don't know. I I think Wisconsin's going to get right back to where they were a couple years ago. Um, I think Fickle's going to turn that program right away. If Ohio State can continues i say you know their downfall but continues the, to progress kind of in the wrong direction i think that will definitely help or just stay well, where it'll be are. interesting too because i think if that happens right let's say let's say ryan day struggles in the next year or two and they let him go who knows how long fickle's going to be at wisconsin yeah because i think that's probably the guy they've got shoehorned in there he's only going to keep if it going works up. out yeah I, I, mean, I think more than anything i think the transfer portal especially helps teams like wisconsin or nebraska or yeah. you know places where a kid doesn't say hey you yeah. know i'm gonna i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna go to wisconsin they're they're a brand that's solidified, and if you're pretty good, you can go there. You can probably win some games. Yeah, and and there's certain guys that like to play in that style, especially defensive players. I think they're gonna have no offensive problem linemen, getting guys yeah. in there. Offensive linemen, uh, be interesting to see. Let's get to uh, the bull picks at this point before we jump into previewing week three slate, which includes the playoff. 
Uh, so far, it has been uh, kind of a tight battle at the bottom and the top. Um, right now, uh, I'm in first, 14-7-1 on my picks at this point. I've kind of slowed down over the last couple of days, been a lot more 500, which is allowed. Tebow, you said the other day you thought it was done. You thought I was running away yeah, with it. 12-9-1. Yeah. You're, you're only two games off the trail. Well, a lot of I'm opportunities left. Looking at this Arkansas game, I, don't, I think that you're going to get another game up, so I'm not too thrilled about that. But hey, all that matters is not coming in last. Connor, you're, you're right about the middle. Um, I wouldn't say you're completely safe at this point, only a two-game lead on the bottom, but 10-11-1. Um, you've been hanging around 500 there. But uh, we'll see how these. Went through a rough stretch next, there. For yeah, a second. yeah. You were yeah. you were in the mix. Yeah. Four, you were four in the straight, mix. I want to say. No, no, no. It was uh, it was six. Six oh. straight losses. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. It's turned around a little bit for you. And then um, tied as of right now. Although uh, you have different picks on Arkansas and Kansas here, which is it's going on right now. Kansas. Um, Johnny and Lane at eight thirteen and one. Lane's not here to give his thoughts. Johnny, um, have you been practicing singing in the shower or anything? You getting ready just in case, or do you feel pretty confident you'll be able to turn things around? Uh, well, I, I win this thing every year, so I can't imagine that. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't that know if that's true. Well, no, Johnny, you win the draft. No, you win no, the draft. No, he doesn't win that either. I win all of them every year. So Johnny, you win the regular imagine. picks every year. I, I can't so. imagine I'll come in last. But Again. no, Arkansas is looking good, which of course means that Kansas is going to come on running. Yeah, I will say our lock, um, our lock is already a loser. We got a few more games tonight. We're two and one so far. Who, yeah, who were uh, I forgot? That who was our locks uh, that were. was Bowling Green. It was you, Tebow, who lost oh. us. Uh, they lost outright to Jerry Kills, New Mexico State squad. Oh, Jerry fucking Kill. Yeah, uh, Buffalo and uh, ECU were the only two that we've won so far. But I think what somebody, mine, had, I think you had Arkansas, maybe. I think mine. No, no Johnny had Arkansas. I thought I had ECU. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know, but we yeah, well, we you definitely you had Arkansas. Somebody has I think Arkansas? Oregon tonight or North Carolina as their lock. Um, so see if I can scroll up here to see. find it. I, I will say as a group we're nine, twelve, and one with our uh, majority picks. So staying around that five hundred marks. But uh, cheers to everybody. Our only five Johnny's lock five was Arkansas. Pick, I'm sorry. Okay, but, our only five team pick that we've had through the entire bowl season so far. ECU won easily. By twenty four, so uh, a nice little social. Uh, yeah, I for feel us. like we uh we we saw that one. We were on that one um, early on. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the week three slate. We got fifteen games to talk about tonight. A lot of good ones, including the playoff, which I'll um I'll probably save towards the very end. We'll we'll go a little bit out of order, but we'll start uh, going in order with games that kick off uh, tomorrow. We're doing this on a Wednesday night. This pod will be out tomorrow morning, and uh, Thursday, December 29th at two o'clock on ESPN. We're starting with the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl Get in Yankee right. Stadium in the Bronx. Syracuse and Minnesota. Syracuse seven and five, kind of limped down the stretch after a really good uh, start to the season. And Minnesota eight and four a year, not quite where they were hoping to be, with a good chance to win the Big Ten West. Um, but a team that's been consistent throughout. Boys, what are your picks on this one? Minnesota currently eleven point favorites right now. Oh wow, it's gone up. Um, I've got Minnesota. I think they are hotter right now. I think PJ Flex can be able to get the guys going. I think they're going to cover that big spread. Yeah, Johnny. I'll go the other way. I go Syracuse of with, course a, with, with a good defense. But it's not in the dome. Ooh. It's outdoors. No, I understand. Uh, good defense to kind of keep things close, at least within that eleven. Yeah, I mean the total or is ten. Total is only at forty four right now, so a big yeah. spread um, for low. You, you cool with doing lanes as well? Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, I've got lanes for this first one. Okay, it's, yeah, it, it it's Syracuse. It is Syracuse. All right, lanes um, on Syracuse. Well, then what are your thoughts? I'm taking Minnesota. They're used to cold weather. They play in Minneapolis outside. Um, Syracuse are frauds. They play in a dome. So give soft. Me, yeah, give me the Golden Gophers in the cold weather up in New York. Yeah, P.J. Fleck been really good in bowl games uh, historically. Dino Baber's not been terrible, but they're missing a lot. Uh, they don't have their running back. They don't have a couple receivers there. I think their offense going to be very limited against yeah. good Minnesota defense. Is like, uh, Morgan playing? Uh, Morgan is playing. Yeah. I, I think Minnesota will be able to, to take care of this one um, relatively easily. I do like the under, so I could very much see like a, a 24-10, something like that. Um, but I like Minnesota to cover the 11-point spread. Oh, I don't have your pick, so I need to type those in. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, yeah, I'm on Minnesota there. Uh, the Cheez-It Bowl at 530 on ESPN in Camping World Stadium down in Orlando. Florida State, 9-3, and three, number 13 team in the country, playing a 6-6 six and six Oklahoma squad that had a lot of, um, you know, kind of back-and-forth results throughout the year under Venables. Uh, obviously, some injuries there on their side. Florida State, 9.5-point favorites right now. Tebow, you've kind of rode the Seminoles a lot yeah, this year. You're going to stick with them? And they're, they're the hot team, man. We've been talking about the second uh, front-runner for the Heisman all night so far. Uh, yeah, I'm with the Knowles, minus 10. I don't think Oklahoma's very good. We saw what happened to them earlier in the year against Texas. It kind of blew up, and I don't think it's going to get much better for them from here. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm with, uh, I'm with Tebow and FSU, I think. 10 wins is a really big deal. Even if it is a bowl game, I, I think it's a big deal. And I think even though Norvell has not won a bowl game yet, I think this is due. He's very due and he's going to have all his players. And I think they're going to play really well. They're a great team, man. Uh, Lane's on Oklahoma. 
Mm, I have thought about this game for a while, knowing that I had to pick it at some point. Um, I think it goes one of two ways. What kind of Connor are we getting here? Are we um, getting the hedge Connor? Are we getting the full in Connor? <laughs> Who's it going to be? The 10 points is a lot. Um, I think FSU is playing fully healthy. Everyone's playing. I haven't heard of any opt-outs off the top of my head. Um, I think they're be- definitely the better team, but the 10 points scares me. Oh, you wimp. Um, you coward. I think FSU is going to win this game by a touchdown, so I'm taking you Oklahoma. Coward. What a plus coward. 10. Yeah, it's a, I will Hedge say it's, it's nine and a half officially. Oh, okay. Nine and a half. Um, Doesn't change my mind. I'm on Florida State. This was one that I feel like it feels like a trap. It feels too easy. I mean, I think Florida State is definitely the better team. Um, like you said, their whole team's playing pretty much. Uh, ultimately, I just think Oklahoma has struggled to stop the run all year, and that's not the type of team that beats Florida State. Nope. Uh, Florida State's going to run the ball down their throat. I think, like you said, Johnny, getting to 10 wins would be a huge mark for Norvell as he kind of tries to keep this momentum going into next year. Um, they've recruited pretty well. They're doing okay in the transfer portal. I, I just I want to see Florida State kind of finish off a good year with a, with a big win here. And I think Venables can kind of recover from it. Again, a guy who's never coached in a bowl game as, as a head coach. I think it's a different type of atmosphere. They'll be motivated. But I like Florida State to win this game uh, by 14, 17 points. Uh, the, I also like the over, 66. I think um, we I have, see we've that. seen a That's lot of good. defensive kind of games so far through bowl season. I think the offenses will kind of uh, step up here in week three um, with the extra time to prepare. Going to the last game tomorrow, it is Texas against Washington. A sneaky good game here in the Alamo Dome, San Antonio, Texas. Washington 10 and 2 this year. Um, kind of flew under the radar all year. Texas 8 and 4, but uh, a lot more tested with some of the teams they played. Close wins. Um, Texas missing some pieces here. Bijan Robinson out for this bowl game. A couple of the receivers out as well. Uh, the line right now, Texas minus 3. Your thoughts on the Valero Alamo Bowl, T? Uh, so this is the only one so far that hasn't moved one way or the other. I had it at Washington plus 3 earlier in the day. I'm going to just keep it there and give me uh, the Huskies. I like uh, Michael Penix Jr., what he's been able to do. I'm all in. Yeah, he's coming back as well, so I think he's going to be motivated. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm with Washington plus plus three. I think Penix is probably the biggest the biggest snub in the Heisman situation just because of where he's played and where uh, where they are, the conference and everything. And Washington, like you said, very underrated, has been good all season. Uh, Lane's on Washington. I'm on Texas. I think uh, it's basically a home game for them. I think it's going to be obviously dominated by Texas crowd being so close to Austin. Um, I, I think Texas is still a good team. They were playing better near the end of the year. Um, I think Washington obviously is sneaky and is very good, but the line with Texas being the favorite means someone knows something to me because I would have picked Washington as the favorite. Um, so I'm going to stick with Texas minus three. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Texas um, doesn't hasn't wanted to play the shootout style. I mean, you look at their game against TCU, 17-13. When they've played good teams, it's been a little bit more low scoring. But Washington just tries to outscore you. And I think that with them having pretty much their full roster against a banged-up Texas team, I like Washington um, to stay within the number, if not win outright. Give me Washington plus three. Love that. And I love the over, 67 and a half. Um, yeah, you chance to make up ground there. Getting ground on everybody. Uh, let's go to uh, Friday, one of the, the kind of the real first day. Um, with some big matchups here, um, including the Orange Bowl, which we'll get to. But starting at noon on ESPN, it's one of the best bowl games every year, and both coaches have already committed. If they win this game, they're getting Mayo dumped on them. It's the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Maryland and Mike Loxley coming in at 7-5 and five against number 23, NC State, 8-4 and four at Bank of America in Charlotte. Basically a home game uh, for NC State, but Maryland's close as well. I think there's going to be a, a pretty even crowd there. NC State only a one-point favorite right now. Tebow, your thoughts? Uh, looking at this game, when I first saw it at first glance, I was wondering why they had two ACC schools up against each other. And I remember Maryland was indeed in the Big Ten. Uh, give me the Terrapins. <laughs> I'm taking them plus one. I like uh, I like little Tua, little Tua out there getting things done. I'm lo- I'm in. I'm with T. I think Maryland is. I don't a, like this. He a, has been with me the whole a, time. Is a better team than uh, than their record shows. They had a tough three run stretch where they lost three in a row, um, but ended the season pretty well so i'm taking maryland plus one lane's also on maryland i'm also on maryland here i don't trust the backup uh he has, didn't look that well at nc state i think maryland's got a better offensive chance in the game so give me the terrapins yeah maryland's kind of downfall year was their defense their offense been able to score nc state definitely a defensive uh, heavy team but they're going to be missing some people here uh with the fact that they got guys going to the draft i like maryland and that's going to be a, a clean sweep for the five wide pod we're one to know so far this year hopefully we can keep it going love the under as well 46 uh in what should be um uh, some uh, weather influenced should be around like 50 degrees and windy um in uh charlotte this this week so i like maryland to cover that one point and went out right uh two o'clock on cbs it's pittsburgh and number 18 ucla in the tony the tiger sun bowl out in el paso ucla five and a half point favorites right now uh over under sitting at 53 and a half tebow uh dtr is he playing 
I, I have yes, not heard I believe anything. he is so, playing. Yeah, he's, he, this is his swan song. He's going out on top. Give me UCLA. Yeah, I think UCLA probably wins, but I'm taking Pitt plus five and a half. Oh my God, um, finally. I think UCLA likes to play it kind of close and their defense isn't great. So I like Pittsburgh to uh, keep it close really for no reason. I like that. Thanks. And I'm also on Pittsburgh with yeah, you. Right. I think Narduzzi's going to do some weird stuff to UCLA out there. Weird um, stuff. And Pittsburgh, they had that story about their players being stuck in Dallas and riding over to, riding with, to uh, El Paso with UTEP's basketball coach. Yeah. It's kind of cool. That was cool. Um, Lane is on UCLA. Yeah, uh, I'm on UCLA as well. Uh, I like them to cover the five and a half. Again, I think it's another program. Uh, Chip Kelly, a good year, but for them to get to 10 wins, I think would be important. A lot of good momentum around that program right now. And uh, I think they need to keep that up. Pitt, very tough team all year. They've been kind of my kryptonite. Um, liked them a lot at the beginning of the year. They definitely disappointed. A lot of injuries, though. I, I think it, if Narduzzi opens up the offense and they're able to do some more things, some trick play type stuff. I think they could definitely hang around and keep this close, but I do like UCLA to cover um, by a touchdown there. I like the over 53 and a half as well. I think it will be a game. Like you said, UCLA doesn't like to play a lot of defense. I could see them getting up in the high 30s here against a pit defense that was pretty good, but struggled with some of the passing attacks they saw. Um, Tennessee, for example, and I, I think UCLA is going to have enough here to get over the line. Um, the local game, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Uh, Notre Dame and South Carolina, two ranked teams here, eight and four seasons. I think this is an important game for both programs. Um, South Carolina ended the year with a lot of momentum, whereas Notre Dame kind of capitalized the middle of the season on a little bit of a weaker schedule, um, but lost at the bookends, big games to Ohio State and uh, USC, respectively. Notre Dame, two-point favorites right now. Both these teams getting most of their players for this one. few opt-outs, few transfers, but uh, two pretty solid programs here. What are your thoughts on what should be a good game here in Jacksonville? Uh, you kind of mentioned it. Car the way Carolina ended the year, the way they went into it and and just shocked everybody, I think they're going to keep that going, get a lot of momentum going into next year. Uh, give me Carolina in the points. Uh, two now? Yeah, you it's a two. two. I had a two and a half earlier. Uh, doesn't really change anything. Yeah, give me the Gamecocks. I also have the Gamecocks minus two. I think Spencer Rattler comes out, has a good game. Uh, close one, but I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, Lane also has South Carolina. I am on the Irish of Notre Dame. I think that the defense up there will be able to slow down Spencer Rattler. He's also had a month off. I don't know if that momentum is going to keep going with that much time off. Um, I think I think it's another game for him to get up for, but I think Notre Dame's got too much on defense, and they'll do their little dink and dunk to the tight end on offense and uh, and actually win the game. Oh, I will say Mayer's not playing in this game. That's fine. They, is, they have other players. Well, neither uh, is uh, Tyler Buckner's playing at quarterback. They have other neither players. is uh kid that transferred to Florida State. Yeah, for South Carolina, Jaheim Bell. Bell. Jaheim yeah. Bell. Yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, offenses will look a little bit different. I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I like the under here more than anything. Um, this is one where I'm kind of picking with my heart over my head. Uh, I'm going to be there. I already I, typed I, it in for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Notre Dame minus two. But I will say that like, if I was neutral here, I kind of like South Carolina. I think they're the better team. I will say, though, Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame in general has been so bad in bowl games. You look at last year. He, it was his first game coach there. They got off to that huge start against Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. And they, they blew it in the second half. I think important for him to kind of get some momentum going into next year. The um, On National Signing Day, they lost a few guys. I, I think it would be big for the program to get a win here, um, especially at a time of year where they haven't won a lot traditionally. And you, you will be in attendance? I will be. How, what is your record at Notre Dame games? Uh, Whether, wherever they are, home, away, um, neutral? The only game that I've ever seen them lose live was the Florida State game uh, when they okay. lost on that push-off. Uh, otherwise, I think you I'm You mean like, a clean defensive play? Yeah, I think I'm like, the I said push-off. I said push-off. I wasn't called? Uh, I'm like, I think I'm like... Or three, clean offensive push, play? Yeah, I... A, a penalty it was called um i think they're like three and oh, one sorry when i'm in attendance okay so right. uh, but i will say the only time i've been to a uh, gator bowl with notre dame i was a, a small child philip rivers destroyed tyron willingham philip rivers destroyed yeah. carlisle holiday <laughs> i have a shirt yeah i remember that game. i will say so they, they had two losses in yeah person. yeah well i don't really count that one because well, it was a bowl game yeah, that's that's an exhibition not. he said anywhere yeah, yeah i said true. anything neutral in the matter well you know i was i was a young i was a young lad then can you remind me the spread in the ucla game just real quick five and a half okay who would have been the quarterback for notre dame then carlisle holiday Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I don't even know. Yeah, it was ugly. Um, going to the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl at 430. This one exclusively on Barstool in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, it is Ohio with a nine and four record right now against Wyoming. An ugly game, but um, I don't know. Sometimes these are the ones that can get crazy. Ohio, one and a half point favorites right now. Mac been pretty good in bowl season uh, so far. They except got for some big wins. Bowling they, except for Bowling Green. Green. Except for Bowling Green. Um, All right. Come on. Tebow, Tebow, what do you like? I'm going back to what hurts me. Give me give me Ohio and some action. I think they're going to cover it. I think they're going to win. Now that it's down to one point, I'm in. I'm in on the Bobcats. I like Wyoming uh, with a one-point loss to Ohio. Uh, pretty ugly uniform situation, the green and brown. Uh, but 
you know, for really no reason. I like Wyoming Beautiful. Cover. Did you say with a one-point loss? Yeah. He, I mean, yeah, I know that cover, lose, that cover is, cover. Yeah. That's an incredible yep. call. Uh, call Lane bro. also on Wyoming. <laughs> Johnny hitting you with the hard facts, baby. <laughs> I'm going back to Maction, too. I, uh, Ohio burned me earlier this year. Um, they're not going to burn me twice, so I'm going to take Ohio. Burn me That's once. They all said. Shame yeah. on you. Uh, this is a if tough one here. If burn you I, twice, it's going to be the Mac. Let me tell you. Ohio is the better team, but I do think that um, they're missing Curtis Rourke. Obviously, he didn't play in the Mac championship either. One point I think loss. it's going to be an ugly, close game. I like Wyoming to cover here, and I think they're going to win outright. One po- uh, Whoa, one, yeah, not one, a one-point loss. One-and-a-half-point okay. dogs. I like them to win. Uh, out West as well. I think that gives a little bit of yeah, an advantage right. to Wyoming. Is that mountain time? Yeah. yeah. Arizona? How many? I, I can't imagine yeah. a bunch of Ohio fans are going to make the trip. Um, Tucson's I, lovely this I time think, of year. I think you'll see, you'll see a little bit more anyways. brown and yellow in the in the crowd. Um, going to the first of the traditionally uh, big bowl games, it is the Capital One Orange Bowl at 8 o'clock on ESPN. And uh, it is orange to a team. All throughout. Well, okay. It is number six, Tennessee, and number seven, Clemson. Clemson. 10 and 2 for Tennessee, 11 and 2 for Clemson. Uh, this one's in Miami Gardens. Clemson, four and a half point favorites right now and over under 63 and a half. Tebow, your thoughts between two teams who, you know, even though they had great seasons didn't really end it as well as they would have liked. Uh, what do you think here? Yeah, I went back and forth on this one. I, I couldn't make up my mind, but I'm going Tennessee, uh, especially now that it's going down some more. I, I like the volunteers. Uh, I, I think they're going to keep it close enough to get to cover for me. I, uh, I like Clemson minus four and a half. I, I really like Kate Klubnik. I think he's going to be very good at Clemson, and I think he might just be the guy to turn the thing around at Clemson. Lane and I are both on Clemson. I agree with you. I think Klubnik is very good, and I think he's the definitely the future there for you know a year or two until they bring in another five star. Um, I, I think Tennessee's kind of reeling right now after that South Carolina. I know they killed Vanderbilt, but they should have. Um, I don't know how the backup's going to do in a situation where he's playing another good defense here. Um, I think Clemson's ready to go. It's they still care about this game somewhat, and Dabo's going to get them going. So I, I like Clemson there. Um, I also hope they both wear orange. That'd be like great. just, just like they both petition. What about, like, what about the Clemson purple and Tennessee? Oh, purple would be sweet. Pur- all purple, 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 orange. All that purple, all orange. That would be cool. I like Clemson here as well, and I think the main thing for me is not that I, I, I don't know that Joe Milton is a worse option right now than Kate Klubnick, but I do think that not having Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman on the outside is going to make Tennessee's offense look a little bit different than we've seen all year. Clemson, a very strong defense, especially yeah. in D-line. the front seven. Um, I think they can get to Milton and, and make him make some mistakes. And I will say, like you talked about Klubnick. I mean, we've seen him this year. We've never seen him prepare like right. he's a starter. And he's had, what, a month now to prepare? Uh, they knew he was going to be the starter the whole time. I think that Klubnik will be able to show some things here, and it's important for them to get some momentum going into next year with a tough season for the ACC. I like Clemson, minus four and a half. Uh, jumping to the Saturday slate, it does include um, the playoff games. We're going to save those for the end. So we'll just talk about the first two here, then we'll jump to the games on January 2nd. Uh, the first one is the All-State Sugar Bowl, a noon kick on ESPN, number five, Alabama, and number nine, Kansas State. Both 10-win teams. This one's in New Orleans. Alabama, six-and-a-half-point favorites. They're missing some pieces, but more guys playing than you probably would have thought for Alabama. Will Anderson's playing. Bryce Young's playing. Um, but Kansas State, obviously, they're a team that, that tends to hang around in these types of games. What do you think, Tebow? Roll damn tie, baby. I think Alabama's going to go out there and uh, show everybody. They still they still have it. I think the, those top couple of draft picks are going to go out there and prove why they're going to be top couple of draft picks, and I think they're going to cover easy on this one. I agree. I suffered through that TCU-Kansas State championship game, um, and Kansas State is not a good football team. And you can't convince me otherwise. Alabama's going to win big time. Um, Lane is on Alabama. I am not. I'm on Kansas State. Nick Saban struggles in Sugar Bowls um, that he that are not playoff games. Actually, yeah, nope. The one playoff game that was a Sugar Bowl, he lost. So he struggles in the Sugar Bowl. I don't know why. Um, Kansas State playing with a lot of momentum. Obviously, just won the Big 12. Um, I like them to hang around, like you said. Um, what was the spread again on it? Six, Six and, and a half. half. I'm not going to say they're going to win outright, but I think this is going to be a very close game the entire time. A lot of a lot more offense than you would think. I think Kansas State can move the ball in Alabama. Yeah, definitely one that you look at, and you, I mean, I think natural inclination is to go with Alabama here. I'm going to take Kansas State just because I think the line's a little bit weird. I thought Alabama would be favored by like nine and a half here. Um, I think that Kansas State, the team that prepares well under Kleiman, it's a much bigger game for them than it is for Alabama. I wish I was getting seven, seven and a half here um, just to kind of cover me, but I do like Kansas State to hang around, make this thing weird like they always do. Maybe a few turnovers, maybe a special teams touchdown. I like Kansas State here. Uh, I also like the over 56. I think, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to stop Alabama. They just gave up 35 to TCU in the Big Talk Championship. 
Alabama is going to score, but I think Kansas State does enough on offense uh, with Adrian Martinez or Will Howard and Deuce Vaughn. I think it's going to be an interesting kind of uh, attack there. So Nick, I like Kansas State. Nick Saban, one and three in sugar bowls. Wow. Um, all right, let's get to what I believe is our only rematch uh, from last year. It is the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Iowa and Kentucky matching up for the second straight year in a bowl game. Both seven and five teams. This one in Nashville. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be cold. Iowa two point favorites right now. The over under thirty one. Probably Iowa, baby. Yeah, That's like Iowa lower than right most there. Army Navy games here. Thirty one points. Uh, Tebow, what do you think about this ugly, ugly bowl game? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I was the. I just don't think they're going to be able to score. I think Kentucky's going to be able to at least a couple of times get down the field, and they're going to be able to hold them. Uh, give me Kentucky in the points. Uh, yeah, I, I like Kentucky to win this one outright. They're two and three in the Music City Bowl, which is shocking because they've only played in twenty one bowl games their entire existence. Um, but you know, it, it, I think um, Stoops does a good job coaching all the way through the season. Uh, Lane's on Kentucky. I'm on Iowa. And uh, first off, the lock of the century is the under in this game. I think the final score of this game is going to be 3-0, and it's going to be Iowa 3, Kentucky 0. Um, This might be the most entertaining game of football that you're ever going to see that involves nothing good happening. And I can't wait to watch it, to be honest. Yeah, I'm on the under, most importantly. But I do like Iowa here. Um, I I think that Kirk Ferentz has been pretty good traditionally in bowl games, and he always gets his team up for it. Both teams missing some pieces. I think the the big piece that's missing for Kentucky is going to be Chris Rodriguez. They rely on that running game so much. And if you can't really like move the ball on the ground against Iowa, it's tough to throw against that really good secondary. Uh, I think Iowa... the only problem I see with the over-under is I could see some defensive touchdowns here with how bad both these <laughs> offenses can be. Uh, but I like the under, and I do like Iowa to cover the two-point and win this game by a field goal or a touchdown. 31. In an ugly, ugly Pretty football unreal. game. Yeah, crazy. I think it should be 25. Let's jump to Still the, take the under. Let's jump to the January 2nd games before we jump back to the playoff, uh, starting with the ReliaQuest Bowl at noon on ESPN2, this one in Raymond James in Tampa. It's uh, Illinois 8-4 and four against number 22 Mississippi State 8-4. Obviously, Mississippi State uh, playing for more than uh, you would normally play in a bowl game. Zach Arnett, his first game in charge. Um, you're going to see a lot of stuff here with Mike Leach. The player's going to be very motivated to play. Spread only being a one-point um, spread at this time. Tebow, what do you think? Uh, Mississippi State, easy. I think this is going to be – they're going to win this one pretty solidly. They're, not only they're playing for Mike Leach, but they're playing in a stadium with a pirate ship. I mean, that's everything Mike Leach would have wanted. I think they're going to go out there and uh, put the hammer down on them. I agree. I think the fact that they're even playing in the bowl game shows me how motivated they are uh, to win this game, and I think they win. Lane's also a Mississippi State. I'm on Illinois. I think Illinois is a very tough team. Connor hates Mike Leach. No, I really like him. I just think Illinois is a very tough you team on defense. Him. They're going to scra- be scrappy on offense. Um, they can hang in there with Mississippi State. Uh, Brett Bielma is a fantastic coach. Uh, I fr- how many wins did they end up with? Uh, more than eight and four. They're yeah, both eight and four. Getting to nine wins for an Illinois program would be massive for them. And I think they're really motivated to do that and uh, build momentum going into next year where they look like they're going to be um, around for real. So give me Illinois and the Illini. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what Mississippi State's offense looks like. I mean, now they have a defensive guy in charge. I think that they're still going to spread them out and throw it here um, in kind of a, an, an homage to Leach. Um, but Illinois' defense really, really good. I will say them missing Chase Brown um, against a good Mississippi State defense led by Arnett. I think this game goes under 46 pretty easily. I think it's going to be a another um, back and forth affair but i do like mississippi state to use the momentum they're going to be extra motivated here and i think it's just a it's just a bigger game for them in general than it is for illinois and i like them to pull this one out uh jumping to the goodyear cotton bowl at one o'clock on espn in arlington number 10 usc and number 16 tulane two 11 and two teams two really really good teams here interesting to see um you know obviously usc missing jordan addison in this one a few more guys tulane going to be extra motivated like we always see these group of five teams when they get the opportunity usc two point favorites right now over under sitting at 62 uh, your thoughts you riding with the green wave of the trojans team? yeah this, the spread kind of surprised me i expected usc to be up closer to six maybe seven um but i'm still in on the trojans i think they're going to go out there the speed and the athletes they have i, I think they're going to they're going to show what they're all about give me the trojans i like Tulane plus two kind of for the same reason that billy took um kansas state the line is really fishy to me and when the line's fishy sometimes you just got to go fishing yeah you got to bait the hook and get out there or you know throw it out in the trash one or the other i'm not really sure how that works uh lane's on usc i am also on usc i, I like tiba so i think the athletes are just gonna be too much i know they beat kansas state earlier in the year Tulane did um but i think usc is a different animal with what they're working with out there and i think usc is going to win this game pretty handily actually yeah i think it's interesting when i look at this line i'm going with Tulane, but but really the only reason why is because i look at the line and caleb williams is banged up he's got a hamstring injury like 
I don't think he's playing. Why? Yeah. I don't think he's playing. It hasn't come he? out yet, but like the way that the line is right now, um, I think this is one you wait and see. Maybe try to bet it like right before the game or, or day or two before. Um, but this thing is probably going to move one way or the other. I could see Tulane being um, either a pick em or favored if they announce Caleb Williams out. Same thing if they announce he's playing for sure. I could see this thing jumping over a field goal. Um, but I do like Tulane here. Um, I just think, again, these spots where teams are extra motivated against a USC team coming off a disappointing Rose Bowl, um, this game doesn't mean a lot for them. Interesting to see, but I, I like Tulane to find a way to win it outright and cover that two-point spread. Going to the Citrus Bowl, also at 1 p.m. on ABC. I think this is the only instance that I can remember, at least, of two games kicking off at the same time in bowl season. Interesting they're doing it that way, but this one's in Orlando in Camping World. It's number 17 LSU against uh, Purdue, the team that uh, kind of jumps into the Citrus Bowl with the fact that the Big Ten getting two teams in the playoff. LSU 14.5-point favorites right now, over under of 56. Purdue is missing some people in this game, including their quarterback, um, Aiden O'Connell, Jack Plummer also leaving. So maybe it's a little bit about the fact that they're not going to have um, a full um, you know, plethora of their offensive weapons, as well as the fact they're not going to have their head coach against LSU, who will be missing Kayshawn Boutte, who announces he's skipping the bowl game, but he is uh, coming back. Um, Tebow, your thoughts? you think LSU can cover this big spread? Yeah, I, I think LSU is going to go in there and cover the spread and then some. Uh, Purdue's kind of limping into this one for reasons that you just said, and they're kind of lucking into this one as well with how things worked out. I, I think LSU is going to uh, to take care of business. I agree. I think Brian Kelly's really good in meaningless games, and uh, Jane Daniels is going to look hot. Lane's on Purdue. I'm on the fence. Uh, the 14 and a half is a lot of points, which is why I'm on the fence about it. Um, Come down. Come down from that post. I had typed in Purdue, but I actually, the more I think about it, I, I, I'm going to go with LSU here. It's always best to change your mind last minute. That's uh, what I did with Kansas and Arkansas, and it did not go well. Well, <laughs> well, hopefully it goes well because I'm on LSU with y'all. Yeah, I'm on LSU as well. Um, weird line, but I think that everything's telling you here that LSU is going to be a little bit more motivated. They're definitely the um, healthier team. They're going to have more offensive weapons here. And I do think that getting to 10 wins for Brian Kelly after um, they put up a fight in the SC Championship, no question. I Still think, a great I, first year, too. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good first year. But to getting to that 10-win mark, I think, would be very important. And he's a guy, even though he wasn't great in the big bowl games at Notre Dame, um, you look at a few of the other opportunities. They beat Iowa State 33-9 to a couple years ago. Um, they, they, they tend to stay motivated. And I think Brian Kelly is going to be able to keep that team motivated to for a chance at 10 wins here. Uh, whereas Purdue, I think, is looking towards 2023 already um, with the new regime coming in. Uh, finally, the last ga- bowl game we'll touch on before the playoff, it is the Rose Bowl, which might be the best game we talk about um, in terms of competitiveness. Two teams that are pretty much going to have everybody. It's number eight, Utah, and number 11, Penn State. Two 10-win teams that uh, just kind of fell on the wrong side of the playoff in their tough conferences. Um, Utah, two and a half point favorites right now, over under 52 and a half. Tebow, what do you think? Uh, I like the Nittany Lions on this one. Uh, give me Coach James Franklin. He gets a ga- he gets the guys going for big games, especially in bowl season. I, I think he's going to be able to go out there and get a win. Utah, they're a solid team, but I haven't seen anything that, that really impresses me all that much. So I'm, I'm going with Penn State. I like Utah. I like um – I think they have the better coach and just so much continuity across the board for that team to come in and during bowl season. Uh, I think they I think they handle business. Uh, Lane is on Penn State. I am on Utah here. Um, I think you just touched on unfinished business. Is that what? Uh, sorry. Um, no. Because that's what I'm going to touch on. Taking they, care of business. Taking care. Sorry. Un, unfinished business from last year's Rose Bowl game, which was a thriller. The best they, game of bowl yeah, season. They lost to Ohio State, obviously. They're wearing the... 45-42? Yeah, somewhere in that range. Maybe in 48-45. But either way, um, they're wearing the rose on the helmet again, which is awesome. I don't know if y'all seen that. Um, I, I think I think they have something to prove after last year. Like that, They should have won the Rose Bowl, but they didn't. And I think they're going to come out this year and, uh, and and do it. I think it's a big deal for them, too, the Rose yeah. Bowl. Yeah, for or, sure. I mean, you look at Penn State, um, not a disappointing season by by any any means, but they lost their two biggest games um, and didn't have a lot of opportunities to get big wins other than that. Utah, definitely the more tested team in terms of they played, what, five or six games that were close down to the wire. And I do think, like you said, Connor, they got some unfinished business there. No Parker Washington for Penn State uh, hurts that offensive attack a little bit. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be an exciting game. Uh, I do like Utah to cover the two and a half points spread here win this game by at least a field goal uh let's get to the playoff um this is this is an interesting playoff we got four teams and two games where usually in these games we see spreads you know at least in the one four matchup up of 13 14 um you know this is two games spreads right around a touchdown let's start out in glendale 
in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. It's number two, Michigan, and number three, TCU, four o'clock on ESPN. Michigan, obviously undefeated, coming off a big Big Ten championship. More importantly, um, uh, dismantling for the second straight year of Ohio State. They have a lot of momentum, a lot of good vibes about the program right now. TCU coming off that Big 12 championship loss to Kansas State, but they've had time to get healthy. Right, their team that's been kind of banged up all year and has, has fought every single week. Um, they got Max Duggan, who is the better quarterback in this matchup, certainly. Uh, but Michigan, kind of some more talent everywhere else. Interesting to see the spread right now. Michigan, seven and a half point favorites. Tebow, do you think TCU can hang around? Can they win outright? What do you, what do you like for the Horn Frogs here? Uh, I, I like TCU in the points. I think they are going to be a little extra motivated. I think Michigan might kind of be looking ahead to the next game. Uh, I, I, I just think TCU is going to be able to keep it close enough to where they're not going to get blown out. I think they're going to cover this easy. Like you said, they're getting healthy. So give me the horny frogs. Yeah. I, I, I like TCU with the points. I, I, like I said, I suffered through that Kansas state TCU game and I don't know that they're a very good team, but I don't fully trust Michigan and I don't know where Harbaugh's head is at. I know it's supposed to be at Michigan, but there's a lot of openings in the NFL and I know I feel like this might be kind of a sneaky, um, a sneaky situation for him with, especially with the Colts job being open and things like that. Uh, Lane's on TCU and uh, I'm going to say he a gets couple. a Michigan shirt and he still goes on TCU. Yeah, he I mean, that's not surprising. Um, something odd. I'm on Michigan and being against Tebow when he's on TCU was something I never thought I'd be able to say. I was. All, uh, it's all because Patterson was fired. I actually disagree with that. You just said there that Michigan's going to overlook this game. Um, they remember what happened last year in the semifinal. They got embarrassed. I don't think they're going to let that happen again. Um, TCU struggled with Kansas State on defense. Max Duggan almost passed out on the field. Michigan's way more physical <laughs> than they are. I think he's going to be getting hit a lot. Um, I don't think this is a big enough spread. I like Michigan here big. And semifinals typically are blowouts. And I think Michigan's the team that is going to do the blowout. Yeah, this is another game that, uh, honestly, I didn't make it my lock. Um, but that's more because I, I can't, in good faith, like put that much on Michigan. But I, I love Michigan here. Um, I think that TCU is going to really struggle to score. You look at what they've done um, against Texas, probably the best defense they played all year, only 17 points in that game. I think they're going to struggle to score on Michigan. Um, you look at Michigan only giving up 85 yards on the ground all year. TCU, 200 yards per game rushing the ball. I think Michigan's offense is going to be able to do enough. Maybe it starts a little bit slow, but Michigan's been a second-half team all year. I think they pull away and win this game comfortably by 14, 17 points. I really love the under as well, 58.5. I think Michigan knows they won't be looking ahead, but they'll be trying to kind of get in control of this one, take some time off the clock, and make TCU play from behind and let those uh, those defensive ends kind of get after it and get to Duggan. Um, I like Michigan here, uh, but I, I will say if TCU can keep this game within a touchdown, I, I think that's going to be really, really impressive for Sunny Dykes and a, a, a bow on the end of the season, which has been way, way uh, better than anybody could have possibly hoped for this team. I hope it's a close game, but I do think this one kind of trends towards Michigan blowing them out and then getting a chance at either a rematch against Georgia or a chance to make it three out of three against Ohio State in the championship, blow them out. Let's get to that last game. It is the uh, the premier game here that's going to have a lot of eyeballs. It's Georgia-Ohio State in the Peach Bowl, 8 o'clock on ESPN in Atlanta. Georgia basically getting a home game against an Ohio State team that got a little bit lucky on conference championship weekends after that big loss to Michigan, uh, but they get a chance here. They've had time to get healthy. Another team that's been hurt all year long um, that maybe you'll see them in as good a shape as they've been since week one or two uh, when everybody thought they were the number one team in the country. And I think the spread reflects it. Georgia only six and a half point favorites right here over under of 62. Tebow, your thoughts on the Peach Bowl? Uh, Georgia, easily. Uh, Ohio State does not like to play physical teams. Georgia's, I know Michigan's physical, but Georgia is probably even more physical than Michigan. I think they're going to go out there just beat the hell out of them. And Stetson Bennett, dude's going to do just enough to keep that train moving. And that offense, I don't think Ohio State's going to have any answers for those tight ends and those running backs. Give me, give me the dogs. I do like Georgia to cover the six and a half. Um, but I think if there's a team that is going to beat Georgia, it's going to be a team like Ohio State. I think the Ohio State-Michigan game was obviously the, the points at the end of it kind of told a different story than the game. Michigan got a couple of big runs in there and, and big plays to, to create some separation. But um, watch out for Ohio State to – uh, kind of make a statement game and play their game uh, regardless of how physical Georgia is. 
Lane's actually on Ohio State, and I don't have any reasoning behind that. It just that's who he picked. Um, I love Georgia here. Um, you kind of both touched on it a little bit. The, they're more, a more physical Michigan, and Michigan's already laid the blueprint of how to beat this team. You give Kirby Smart a month to figure that out, I think it's not going to be a problem for him. Um, also, Georgia played a team in Tennessee that is a very flashy offense, throw the ball around, runs, all that stuff. They handled them with no problem. Ohio State, obviously better athletes than that, but I don't think Georgia's going to have any trouble slowing their offense down. And I don't see how Ohio State can slow down the tight end barrage that's coming at them from Georgia. So I like Georgia big here, too. I think it's going to be two big blowouts in the, in the semifinals. Yeah, this one's interesting to me because I, I think, I mean, I think Georgia's a far better team. But uh, a few things I want to touch on, just points you made. Um, we talked about Michigan kind of like out physicaling Ohio State, which they did pull away late. But if you remember, like really what turned the game was big plays. Interception. It wasn't. Yeah. It, well, I mean, they had they had five plays of like over 50 yards something that Michigan's offense wasn't able to do all year that they were able to do against Ohio State. And if you look at the keys to this game for Jim Doles, he's already talked about like, hey, we just have to limit the explosiveness, right? Because Michigan didn't three yards in a cloud of dust them around the field. It was big runs. It was late. And Georgia's not, I mean, they can do that, right? They can get big plays, but they are not as explosive of an offense. Especially as, in the run game. As you see. Yeah, I think I think Ohio State's going to do enough to keep this game close and cover. And I will say the, the one thing that scares me for Ohio State, right, is when I see matchups like this, I would love a quarterback that can run and, and evade some of that pressure because you know the Georgia defense is going to be all over them. And Stroud tends to take a lot of sacks and throw interceptions when he's pressured. I think if Stroud can play at the level that we've seen him be able to when he's been good, then I think they'll cover this spread easily. I think it's a game that I'll know in the first quarter if it's going to be close or if it's yeah. going to be a blowout. Because if Stroud plays a little bit timid, if he plays with the pressure in his face and makes bad decisions instead of taking the taking the three and out and punting the ball, then I think this thing could get really ugly like you're talking about, Connor. Uh, I just, again, the spread being less than a touchdown makes me think that Vegas kind of thinks Ohio State can hang around. It's not one of my favorite picks of the weekend by any means. I'm interested to see how the game goes. But I like Ohio State to find a way to cover this spread at six and a half. 62 is a lot of points as well. I don't know if, I don't know if Ohio State can win or cover a game that's played in the 30s because I don't know if they're going to get there. I think they're going to have to show up on defense and limit what Georgia can do. We've seen this Georgia offense go through spells at times where they've really struggled to score. And I think if Ohio State can punch them in the mouth early, it might be enough to keep this thing close. Kirby's not a coach who will try to really go for it. He just wants to get out alive and get to the championship. Um, I like this thing to stay close within that six and a half point spread. But um, I'm hoping that one of these games delivers, right? It's going to be really disappointing if it's another year where two games, blowouts, and then we get to the national championship. But we're going to have time to talk about that. A um, lot, a lot of good football this weekend. Definitely, if you haven't been watching much of the bowl season so far, I can't blame you at all. But we're through um, Christmas. We're into New Year's. This is the time where a lot of people lock in and watch some of the big games. And uh, definitely should be at least a handful of games that we can, we can kind of have some good reactions on next week before we talk about the national championship uh boys it's lock time we're over two on bowl season so far we haven't been doing terrible you know around 500 two and three three and two um but um there's a lot of games to pick from so i'm hoping we have some good picks here um and we we've been on the right side of of some of the ones where we've all kind of been um in alignment so tebow i think there's no better place to start with than with you a uh, chance to redeem yourself for that bowling green pick what do you like yeah give me uh, alabama i think they're gonna go out there they're gonna like i said earlier they're gonna show everybody that they're still the alabama old i think they're gonna put a hurting on uh, kansas state um fsu i think i said it earlier love it, um, love it. i said it earlier that norville's got something to prove that whole team has something to prove and they're all going to be playing their hearts out so uh, like Norvell to get his first bowl win, and I think it's going to be a big one. Yeah, I think it's key to have that number under ten as well. If you can get it there, I think that's that's huge. Not that I don't think Florida State can blow them out, but um, it eliminates some of the backdoor yeah. potential for sure. Um, what is Lane like, Connor? Lane has uh, Mississippi State minus one. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't blame him there. Maybe picking a little bit with his heart uh, over his head, but I think we're, most of us are on Mississippi State there, and I think uh, it's a game that you know hopefully they can get the win. I think I think all of college football is going to be rooting for him. Um, no disrespect to Illinois at all. It just just kind of means a lot for that program as they transition into the Zach Garnett era. Connor, what do you like? Well, I hate mayo as a condiment, but I love the mayo bowl this year. Give me Maryland plus one. Wow. Nice. Wow. Maryland. You think they win outright? Yes. I think they win kind of easily. Okay. Yeah. Um, you don't think they lose by a half point? I'm not going to rule it out. Okay. Yeah. I was I was kind of deciding between two here. One in the playoff, one out of the playoff. Uh, my two favorite picks of the weekend. Um, I think just I, I like to stay away from the playoff. I want to kind of keep those games um, where I can just watch them a little bit as, as a neutral observer. Uh, I like UCLA. 
I think UCLA rolls over Pittsburgh, covers the five and a half point spread there. Um, so that's going to be my pick. And our Don't like that. Our lock parlay is Alabama minus six and a half, FSU minus nine and a half, Mississippi State minus one, um, UCLA minus five and a half, and then Maryland, Maryland plus, one. plus one. Let me make sure it's at one officially. Is that what you got it at? Um, I think I think it was. It yeah, I think it's at there. one. It's at one. It's at one. So uh, that is our lock parlay. Um, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully we can get it done. But uh, more importantly, I just want some good football to watch as we kind of wind down college football, NFL. Obviously, a lot of excitement still. We got uh, Jags playoff chances going into week 18. Hell yeah, brother. It's going to be a it's going to be a really fun couple weeks here from the football side of things. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, rate, review, like, subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at five wide pod. It's bull pick them part three. Um, tons of good games to talk about. Hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season there. Merry Christmas and hope everybody has a great 2023. Uh, that's the next time we'll see you. We'll be on the other side of this thing. Boys, any last words? It was always the Jags. Stay wide. <laughs>